0: Packers Podcast Oh shit, it's Friday morning How we doing? Was your week well? Did you sleep good? Hey, did you try a new air fryer recipe? You know, I know ARD Whoa! and I are huge fans of the air fryer So hope y'all are healthy and happy out there this week OTA's JJ Leahy Knowledge coming out of our mouths Well, definitely out of JJ's mouth Man, great show iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts Get it?
1: Show you how great I am. Did you, did you see, did you see? I, I guess she responded uh to Bigby's tweet, and she's saying, like, um, all right, first of all, my name is Blue, not Blue of Earth, and also okay. I'm not a witch.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is this is on Twitter, yeah. Well, no, she posted it on Instagram and then somebody of that and put it on Twitter. So, but she did not de- deny being a weird cuckoo. Which I think is maybe the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. Let him be. I in. Mean, are we be. all a little
0: cuckoo? Yes. Yeah.
2: Isn't normal I'm not boring? cuckoo
1: enough for Aaron to date me, but. <laughs> that's fair. Aaron's like, Aaron's like my grandpa. He's been married like five times and he is attracted to the strangest, strangest women.
2: Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. That's what he likes, what he likes. Yep. people are getting gotta, way too caught up in it it's so gotta, funny gotta be with who
1: makes you happy
0: yeah it's like money isn't a factor in his life he's going nope. straight and status is not important in his life right he doesn't yeah. need some fantastic he's just all about uh whatever's making him happy and if blue <laughs> makes him happy <laughs>
2: Uh, I
1: don't know. More power to him. Yeah. God bless. Hope, hope they yeah. uh, enjoy each other's company more than um, some of the other ladies he's had his heart broken by. No, oh, for
0: sure. For sure.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know that voice. That's JJ Leahy from
0: uh, all over the internet, man. He is a fantastic follow on Twitter at JJ Leahy. And make sure you are catching his podcasts on Packernet. As well as Packer Talk Radio uh, with Gil Martin. Just an awesome set of podcasts and contact you constantly put out, JJ. Uh, Always impressed. Always impressed. And uh, you know the Thursday night co-host with me, ARD. Sean O'Meara, how we doing?
2: We're living the dream as always. And as always, I don't know whose dream it is, but it's someone's. (laughs) (laughs) It's someone's. Well, we were just talking about Aaron Rodgers. He's
0: certainly living the dream. You know, I think it's ridiculous the way that we... Always go down these paths, these clickbait articles that are just, you know, just they're shit. They're National Enquirer, you know, kind of stuff. Mm. And uh, it's fun, it's entertaining out in one respect, but when people take it personally and uh, start projecting some weird shit on them, it's it's a little weird. So, uh, wait, wait, don't, you know where
1: I, you know where it comes from, though? It's because we're in the off
2: season and there is nothing going yeah. on. <laughs> nothing. So we <we've> said it, <laughs> Packers Nation or Packers Twitter needs something to freak out about or else they yeah. don't feel OK. Mm-hmm. And now they're freaking out about what everyone claimed was yep. a self-proclaimed witch when she's uh-huh. now denied that. So that's not even as bad as people made it out to be, which I'm still for because fuck yeah, Aaron, get you a <laughs> witch, put a hex on some <laughs> of these teams and well, let's fucking do this thing. Okay, like, are we what? mad at him for doing that, for trying to get us a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. I will say though, don't mess with a good thing because the lions are already cursed. So don't like, cause yeah. if you try Two to negatives double curse, might make a positive, it might cancel them out. Don't, don't mess with what, you know, a good yeah. thing. That's, that's what I say.
2: Leave them alone.
0: I just don't want any <laughs> mid season breakups and some bad voodoo getting cast on us, you know, during the playoff run. That's, mm. that's, that's what we don't need. We don't need that. We had enough of that. So, what do you guys think about the reports coming out of Green Bay from the OTAs of Aaron Rodgers being back there? JJ, is it overhyped or are you feeling like you're getting exactly what you thought was going to happen in this OTA?
1: Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm the most excited about is uh, so, do you recall a year ago, um, Eric Stokes was kind of the uh, pariah of training camp. <laughs> All these reports that he sucked and that he was really struggling. And do you remember why that was? What specifically was going on that was making his life a living hell? Do you recall? I don't. It was Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams picking on Eric Stokes, putting him through the ringer. All right. Now I was all for that. I said, trial by fire, baby. Let's put this young dude through the ringer. (laughs) Great. He went to Georgia. He played through the SEC. It's still not the NFL. Put him up against the best of the best. Now, Mm -hmm. this year, Christian Watson is struggling because you have this FCS kid coming in here. He's, for the first time in his life, getting thrown passes from a competent quarterback. Not just a competent quarterback, but the greatest quarterback this planet has ever seen. And who's (laughs) covering him? Jair Alexander. Got Aaron and Jair are picking on Christian Watson and I am here for it. I don't care how many passes you drop in training camp. I don't care how bad you look, put Mm. this kid through the ringer and trial by fire. Our iron sharpens iron. I'm excited to see what he can turn into for us. Once we put the pads on and we're going up against real teams um, with, I'll I'll just say much worse cornerbacks than Jair freaking Alexander.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I can't – I'm kind of sick of people not realizing that, not just with the Packers, but in the NFL, you cannot take any stock into rookie OTA drops. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, Jamar Chase, Mm -hmm. everyone – like, we talked about this. We're going to talk about this every episode as long as people bring up Christian Watson dropping it. Jamar Chase was not on fantasy football teams when week one hit. I was able to pick him up week three. Jamar fucking chase because yeah. drop yeah. issues. Yeah. you. I'll take a step
1: further. You can't put stock into good things you hear about these rookies in training camp either sure. because it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> these these guys, whether they look amazing or like crap, means nothing for how they're going to do yep. in a real game. We got all these um, uh, training camp legends over the years, the Jake Kumro types yep. who can't even crack the roster, you know, mm-hmm. aren't getting any snaps. And when they are out there, you're like, yeah, I kind of wish you weren't out there every single year. And, you know, and, and sorry for singling out Jake Kumaro specifically. There's, or, or, you know, Reggie Beggleton and all the lot it, but there's all these guys who look fantastic mm-hmm. in training camp and then it never pans out for him in the league. Mm-hmm. And, and, <clears throat> uh, and conversely, you get guys who struggle and look terrible. And, and again, it just doesn't mean anything and, mm-hmm. and doesn't correlate to how well they play uh, in the season. J- Jair himself looked pretty bad when he first got here mm-hmm. as a rookie. Took a
0: while. One of the things I will say, though, about this receiving core this year, I, I'm more excited about it with the depth and the potential because Christian Watson, number one, as advertised, looks ridiculously fast. His stride, mm. how he covers uh, ground, it's he's got a stride on him, man. But Dobbs. I went down the old highlight trail on YouTube <laughs> on that kid, and his routes look fantastic, man. He looks like he's just going to be a first-down machine. So I, I'm really excited about the depth of our rookies. When you talk about you know, the, the Malik Taylors and the Malik Turners and, and how we had that, that depth back there, Reggie Beagleton, You know, we were kind of putting some false hope on him just because we were so desperate for a receiver. We wanted some kind of optimism, but this wide receiver room, Six deep is seems to be really strong. JJ is seven receivers of potential this year.
1: I think it's likely. Um, it'd be the first time that LaFleur has kept more than six on the 53, but we always had Devontae. When I go through the list, I've got six guys to me who are absolute locks Randall Cobb, Almazard, Sammy Watkins, Mari Rogers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. I don't see any of those guys not making the roster. The only guy. You could maybe say, well, maybe maybe uh, it turns out as we're going through training camp that Sammy Watkins just doesn't have it anymore. You know, it, it's possible that it's another Devin Funches type. It could happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I think those things feel pretty safe to me. Mm-hmm. But then you got, uh, you know, Malik Taylor, Samori Toure, Juwan Winfrey. I think one of those three guys probably makes the roster. They probably make it on the basis of special teams contributions in all, in all seriousness um because because really what we've had the last few years is five wide receivers and a special teamer who plays uh a a half a game here or there because of serious injuries uh to the core yeah i i I think you're looking at at six at true wide receivers and a special teamer this year is is my guess
2: and i'd love that that sounds fantastic i don't i'm not as scared of sammy watkins being another Devin Funches for the sole purpose that Devin Funches missed an entire year. Oh yeah. And it was coming straight off of like a bad injury. Whereas Sammy Watkins, like it, it's his last injury isn't one that really scares me. Mm-hmm. And he just play like every time he plays, he plays solid enough to be a starting wide receiver. So I would also have him as a lock and I'm not at all afraid of the Devin Funches issue that I'm just afraid of if he gets injured again and we can't use him. right now. I, wide receiver. I, I think that it probably is
1: going to take a little while for things to get cooking, but I'm not really that nervous. Uh, you might see similar to last year where the offense really took a while to get going. I, a lot of people were pleased with how the lions game went. I really wasn't. I, I felt like the first, uh, two weeks of the season last year, it was really a, a, a slow um, and disappointing start. And, and a lot of the um, Lions success seemed to come from, uh, you know, that production seemed to come from the the running backs, uh, which they, they typically do well against the Lions. But uh, I, I think that you have enough talent in this room that by the end of the year, you really should have some good cohesion. And, and again, just never underestimate how many, Snaps in the receiving game, uh, Aaron Jones is probably gonna log. I, I think that's gonna be the oh, yeah. thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't really wouldn't be surprised to see if they find more contributions from a third running back on the roster, you know, whether that's Patrick Taylor or, or maybe uh Kylan Hill can come back and do some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you really have more of the running production coming from dylan and a third running back and have um jones a little bit more consistently involved in the passing Mm -hmm. game for a lot of the season, especially the first half of the season that would make a lot of sense to me
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense to me when you say it man Hey, let's roll it back to Sammy Watkins, though, because I want to talk about that interview he gave yesterday. I thought it was uh, exactly what we have been talking about, you know, Eric and I especially. Just when we talk about bringing in potential free agents, what are the best ones that fit the team? And I always love the guys that have their back against the wall, something to prove that had, you know, huge ceilings, low floors. And uh, $1.8 million is one of these things I just... I was flabbergasted that we signed him because the offseason had so much hype on who was available for receivers. I thought he was going to be more. All the coaches seem to like him. Aaron Rodgers likes him, but when the guy goes up there and says, "Listen, man, I know that availability is the number one thing. I have not been healthy, and uh, I was on a couch," you know, mm-hmm. thirty pounds, put on, put on some weight, <clears throat> and, uh, and and really acknowledging and knowing it like this is his last run and uh i I just love the storyline that that entails i don't know if that turns into anything production wise but uh what'd you think
2: i like that answer a lot more coming from a guy that gets to have the ball thrown to him by a back-to-back mvp hall of fame greatest of all time quarterback not that he didn't just also come from one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen on this planet but now he has that and has that chip on his shoulder. Like I have to do this now, or I might be done. Mm -hmm. And so, and Rogers is going to appreciate that. He likes that. Cause that's kind of what I mean, like the Packers are starting to feel like they are putting together a team as like a, we want to do this smart, but our backs are against the wall. It's a super bowl now, Mm -hmm. or people are going to start really getting pissed at us. Mm And we gotta start. We gotta win a Super Bowl now. So, like, you get a guy with that mindset already on a team that's kind of got that mindset. I think that that can turn into some really special things.
1: That'll be interesting. I mean, the, the the thing for him is that, as you're alluding to, if it doesn't pan out for him here in Green Bay, he's probably not getting another shot after this. Yeah. Um, he yeah. he is is well aware of that fact. I think. Um, but. You know, the the issue is, for me is how much of his struggles in the past have been stuff that's in his control. You know, have mm-hmm. been effort type of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and hours and that kind of stuff that you put in, versus maybe teams are um, seeing stuff that really is real and that that uh, staying healthy is a concern for him. I'm I'm not that nervous about the injuries personally cuz he he hasn't missed an absurd amount of time the last few years you know 3 4 games a season which okay well Devonte and MVS are missing that already and Al Mazzard is missing that already just kind of something we're already used to so that's a thing but there have been times when he is on the field and healthy and and getting the ball thrown to him by uh Mahomes and or, or Lamar and and still not producing um at the level that he needs to. Mm -hmm. So uh, yes, there's a lot for him to prove um, and, and prove to uh, the league, prove to Rogers, prove to himself. And uh, I, I I just, I just wonder a bit how much of that is out of his control. So Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see, but I, I'm, I'm not pessimistic. I'm um, excited for him. He's one of the guys that I was, uh, asking for when we needed to go out and get a guy. And, and mm-hmm. um, I, I was always kind of opposed to the, hey, let's trade for DK or, or stuff like that. And let's, let's bring in a uh, smaller guy. Everybody always wanted to know, well, who the heck would you even bring in? I'm saying, oh, I, I would take a flyer on Sammy Watkins. I probably would bring in somebody else too. But I think, I think that uh, Sammy has something left in the tank and, um and he's, he's been productive recently enough that um, I'm, certainly intrigued by what he has to offer
0: the only red flag that came up in that whole you know article about him was sitting on the couch overweight getting fat does that mean you were not thinking it? because if you're a professional athlete for me i'm just thinking how they would think and you're mm-hmm. 30 years old off season you're still training for the the hopes of a job versus yeah i that, that's the only red flag where I, are you th- i don't know I love it though. I he's the guy I wanted uh him and Julio. Well who would it come down to? Well, the money just makes absolute sense from you know one point eight million dollars for a guy with his upside. So
2: so but I gotta oh, ask it, a question to yeah, JJ yeah, about what he said. <clears throat> um you said do you would like you would have liked when you were already said you wanted Sammy Watkins or liked yeah. the option of Sammy Watkins, mm-hmm. also another guy. Do you think there's still a chance we bring in another guy? Um,
1: I, at, at this point, since we drafted three guys, you, you, you have to, um, be thinking about roster spots here. And to me, I'm, I'm looking for where a roster spot would come from. Uh, there, you know, they are still in some sort of disputes with Alan Azar. We don't really know exactly what he's asking for. would presume it's more money or at least guaranteed money. Um, I would guess that he does not want to play on that second round tender, um so you know maybe there's a potential that you're talking about the alan lazard roster spot not that we want that to happen but um but you know i'm not sure who would be an upgrade from lazard who's out there the the names that i would be taking a look at would be will fuller and uh, maybe cole beasley um are, are probably the names that i'm the most intrigued by um, are, and are either one of those guys gonna give you more than you're gonna get from Alan Lazard? I'm not so sure. So um, out, outside of them, cause you're not moving on from Randall or Amari, uh, you're not moving on from Christian Watson or uh, Dobbs. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's the question of, you know, that final spot that uh, Samori Toure being a seventh round pick, maybe he doesn't show enough in camp to earn a roster spot. I, I would guess that the door is not closed and that Gudukens is looking, but that he's not desperate and would kind of only take a really good deal, you know, and the problem with that is that um, if you're, if you're bargain hunting, most most of the rest of the league is willing to pay more than you are at that mm-hmm. point. So if, if a guy has anything in the tank, uh, you're probably going get, to get outbid for him. Mm-hmm.
0: What did you feel about skipping uh, skipping teams here? What did you think, number one, about the Cooper Cup extension, and uh, number two, how'd you feel about Devontae Adams' response uh, to leaving Green Bay?
1: Well, for me, uh, Cooper Cup it seemed like a pretty good deal. Um, I, I I would be pleased with that if I was a Rams fan. Uh, Twenty two million was not a bad deal at all. I think mm-hmm. that's uh isn't that that's that's less than um Christian Kirk got from yeah. uh Jaguars, isn't it? So I that's that's phenomenal. Um the great deal. Uh you can tell that he really wanted to stay home. uh, really likes it there in LA mm-hmm. and who can blame him? It's a good good environment. Um the the uh Rams on the whole, I'm just not that intimidated by. I didn't yes, they won the Super Bowl last year. I think a lot of that was they Uh, encountering some luck along the way that a lot better teams uh, crumbled in the playoffs before it came around time to play the Rams you know and and the Rams really had the Niners number Um, but uh, uh, I think a lot of people are not paying attention to just how much talent and already just okay Rams team lost this offseason I'm just not that concerned about them
2: yeah, I agree. I mean you can't it I think that any deal is a good deal if you're the Rams for Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. especially after the year that he mm-hmm. had. So they're happy yeah. to get him and they're even happier that they got him essentially on a hometown deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um yeah. I know that's a pretty hefty hometown deal, but it's a hometown deal nonetheless, because when you look at other contracts across the league versus what he did, mm-hmm. um the Devontae Adams thing is fantastic because it just proves once again that everyone's freaking out over nothing and Devonte Adams as a large group still of sane Packer fans said did not leave because of the Green Bay Packers Devonte Adams left because of Devonte Adams mm-hmm. and it was nice to see both Rogers and Devante be very honest about that with us and clearly with each other with mm-hmm. their conversations they had between the two of them. And Devontae made the decision that he felt like was the best for him. And I don't know why anyone can blame him for doing that.
1: I guess for me, I'm, I'm definitely a bit of a cynic. And I'm just, I, I didn't completely word for word by what Devontae said. It, some of it sounded to me like, um, you know, coach speak. And um, uh, o- overall, I, I don't think he was lying. I think that what he said was truthful. I don't, I don't necessarily think it was maybe the full story. Uh, we we definitely did hear reports uh, in the off season when they were trying to get a deal done that he was um, upset that he was disgruntled that uh, he was frustrated with um, not feeling valued enough by the um, front office and that uh, and, and there were some various quotes circulating around that that I, I really think were, were fake quotes where he was talking about um, allegedly talking about frustration with Aaron I don't think that that is true, but maybe if if some of it was uh, like hearsay and like um, uh, taking out of context and putting some spin on some stuff that he may have actually said, it it, it doesn't contradict what he said. I'll, I'll I'll put it that way that there you you could squint and and turn your head a little bit and and see a similar message if you were looking for it. So I, but ultimately I I, I guess I just didn't get a ton of valuable information from what he said uh about jordan love about aaron I, I i do think though that it's it's pretty clear and we've known all along and mark murphy said it and and aaron said it this is not a long-term commitment from aaron it, it's it's a year-to-year deal and uh um, it does sound like Devontae had some frustration about that that no you're not committing to being around here for me so i cannot commit to okay being here long-term when you might not be here anymore so Mm -hmm. uh, i i I did believe that i i didn't take anything he said as lying but i also didn't feel like it was the whole truth because i don't think that he feels like we um you know are on a need-to-know basis for Mm -hmm. uh, for some of that the whole yeah
2: i i think you're probably correct in saying that it did have something to do with just like that like the guarantee of the future with the packers because of this Rogers. We don't know what's going on. Um, but I and again, I don't think it's as like bad as people make it out to be like that. Everyone wanted to take it. Everyone wanted to take it as Devontae Adams is pissed at the Packers and pissed at Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. Yeah. And I don't think it's like that. I think it's just okay, like I get it, but I want to go play for a quarterback that's going to be around because in a couple of years, my numbers in age don't hit the max contract numbers anymore and i need to yeah, th- some help this proving last yeah i need help proving that i deserve this money and that's a lot harder to do when you don't know who your quarterback's going to be for those seasons
1: this is definitely his last opportunity for big big money mm-hmm. or you know highest paid in the league money um and and you know the, the other thing too is that Green Bay is not a super fun place to play compared to, you know, going to play in Vegas or LA or whatever. If you're, you know, want to, if you're a, a wide receiver playing this flashy position and I'm not, Devonte has never been a diva, so I'm not accusing him of being a diva, but most of the big receivers are divas. I, I just think that it, it's a fun position to play and you, you have, um, a a fun status and to play in a fun town with that status at that position super appealing. And you don't get that in the slightest in green Bay. So, uh, if you're, if you're looking at, well, now Aaron Rodgers won't even be here in a year or so. And I'm catching passes from, uh, this kid, Jordan love who I, very clearly don't have any chemistry with, you know, we're, we're playing in a game together and uh we're not remotely on the same page. There's just no reason to not go ahead and, and go play with your, your buddy from high school. And uh he grew up a Raiders fan. There, there were so many reasons to go to Vegas and so few reasons to stay in green mm-hmm. Bay. It, it seems like, um, My guess is he initially was interested in sticking around um, and making things work, did feel the frustration from the lack of movement on um, contract talks with Aaron and contract talks with himself. And, you know, then once you get the idea in your head of maybe I go to Vegas and play with Derek, awfully hard to get that thought out of your head then. Yeah.
0: I I think one of the biggest thing as well is we've all, from the optimistic side of it, number one, I'm glad that there was just no dirt thrown, no overt from yeah. either side of the organization. Once the truth came yep. out, when we had offered him enough, you know, money to certainly satisfy any contract demands, that was great because you didn't want any mm-hmm. turmoil between him and the organization, and especially shots being thrown, you know, in the off and everything else as they're, you know, on different teams. But it goes back to the fact that he is. A father now that has a whole lot more to think about, his wife and Derek Carr's wife and their kids, you know, living close to each other, having a relationship. You you cannot tell me that Derek Carr is not a better quarterback right now or projecting for the next five years or four years than Jordan Love would be. You know, in Mm -hmm. his first two seasons with him or three seasons with him. It was weird because you know. Both Aaron and Devontae alluded a one and a two there, which made me kind of go, hey, I was comfortable with two, but let's not push the one year, you know, that you're going to retire after that
2: one year. But also, again, another thing that I think a lot of people forget too is um, Devontae said multiple times that he, part of the appeal of Vegas, is that it's close enough for his parents to drive to the game Mm -hmm. and they can't get to games in Green Bay. And that's incredibly important to him for them to be able to watch their kid play professional football. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot, there's just a lot of (laughs) like, there's so many reasons that it is like surprising that at this point, anyone would still be surprised that it happened
1: And and I'll just throw this out there too. I don't have any hard feelings at all for Devante for leaving. Um, I, uh, I actually just from a salary cap standpoint and the fact that, you know, he's, uh, is getting high in age i mm-hmm. i didn't really want to resign him i mm-hmm. will miss him certainly I'm, I'm sure he has multiple good years left in him where he's gonna uh you know be be putting up highlight reels that make us go oh man i wish he was yeah. still ours uh, <laughs> but 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 you know i zadarius i have a lot of hard feelings for Devonte zero i'm i uh a- absolutely uh wish Devonte the best uh i was happy to see him get all that money from uh from vegas and I, I hope that they have a lot of success there uh really happy for him um just a totally different category ballpark altogether from uh zadarius
2: yeah i think we could all agree on that one
1: uh, he's getting cocky over there already, you know. I
0: mean, he's got Chad and Sullivan as well uh, on the team, and, uh, you know, he's got enough to talk and throw some dirt at us, which will be interesting once we get closer to that game.
2: I'm going to be honest, that though. Z saying the things that he said so far makes me happier that Z isn't a part of this football team because he has proven to everyone that it's about him, not about the team. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about. One guy in particular, and um, his name is Rashawn Gary. And I don't know what you guys are feeling right now in OTAs, but I've heard about that guy. MVP. MVP. I I have been stalking that kid on Instagram (laughs) since we drafted him. And his workouts, it's just when he is walking around that field right now and the pictures and the videos of him in this Green Bay Packers shorts, and he is a fucking Hulk, man. 6'5, 280. of just he there's not doesn't look like he got an ounce of fat on him. Did you say know? 280? I thought he was 250. No, 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 no. 280. Gary, Sean Gary. Oh my gosh. He, he's two, he I, was
1: I, 275. I, so uh, you know, I don't he's know. He's uh I, I, I will tell you, he looks he's he's so lean, it's all muscle. He yeah. looks like he's 230 pounds. Oh gosh, yeah. He's
2: uh he's you forget the, how big he's the bust, is. right? He's the one that's gonna be a bust, right? I think yeah. I've heard of him.
1: Number twelve,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: totally. Yeah. Hey. Uh. And then Preston Smith on the other side, playing fantastic football last year. Who needs Z? Yeah.
0: Well, we got one of the best defenses. Uh. Looking oh. Right. Right now. Hey, guys. Before we got back into Packers, uh, wanted to do, uh, take a little break real quick because I needed to get your guys' opinions on. So I got a lot of family. I mean, my wife is from Cleveland. You know, I lived in Ohio for you know ten years. Lived in Columbus. I grew up in Ohio. Love Ohio State. You know all the players. I've always watched those players go to every other hey, team. And every hey, every, nice. every Buckeye that goes to the Packers, you're like, come on now, baby. Uh, you know, saw Chase Young all, all one of, of them Badgers. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I I just am feeling right now. I feel really bad as a football fan for just the Browns ineptitude. Fans. And everything that's happened in the front office for Cleveland in the last, you know, I don't know how many years we want to go back to 99 and just go from there. That that brief, but this is freaking tragic. This is three first round picks, a third round pick and yeah. a fourth round pick for Deshaun this is, this Watson is... that I mean, does he play? Should he play? I, I mean, we get Ridley a suspension for a year, which I threw that out on Twitter. Probably everybody. no. I know. I, I just, I, I'm blown away at, and after reading the new article that came out in the New York Times with uh, Jenny Ventress, she used to write for SI. I don't know, man. It's just I feel bad for everybody in Cleveland that roots for that team.
1: This is going to go down in history and make the Herschel Walker trade look like yeah. a pretty good trade. Yeah,
2: yeah, because at is, least uh, Herschel Walker played.
1: Yeah. I Look, Deshaun is under contract through 2026, so unless he goes to prison, he will play yes. for the Browns but he's going to have a terrible roster around him. This was uh, Andrew Barry had a really, really good thing on his hands when Mm -hmm. he got hired by the Browns to come in and, and destroy their uh, entire future. Mm -hmm. They have no ability to add talent in the future. I I don't know. I I don't know how anybody could fumble the bag this hard that this was when, when I, when it was, just rumored this was going to happen. I said, there's no way because nobody would be that stupid. Yeah. But uh, the, the uh, Houston Texans bent the Cleveland Browns over and took advantage of them. Mm. And uh, this is just absolutely embarrassing. And Which is I, hilarious
2: I, that you got fleeced by the Texans who traded DeAndre Hopkins away for a bag of potato chips. <laughs>
1: now granted they didn't have a gm at the time that happened
2: that's true that's true but there's just like it just adds a little salt to the wound when that's the team that fleeces you
1: yep they're 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 finally recouping the value that they lost in uh in the uh deandre hopkins it
2: actually didn't take them that long because no nope. that was probably a more lopsided trade than the deandre hopkins trade oh yeah well i mean i mean and look
1: part of what i have such a problem with you know not only the the three first round picks which has not happened there have not been three first round picks traded uh in one trade since herschel walker uh but also the guaranteed money this fully guaranteed look deshaun doesn't care about cleveland he cares about the money (laughs) And, and and understand i have always um prior to finding out about these allegations about Deshaun. I was a huge Deshaun fan. I, I thought he was one of, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in football. Um, I, I thought he was more talented than, than Mahomes. I thought he was, uh, it was, it was Deshaun and, uh, Tom Brady that, you know, I would say were were the top two dogs in terms of most talented quarterbacks. And, uh, it's, it, it's hard, you know, when, when you realize that, um, you, somebody has issues like that and that you can't support them anymore. It's, it's hard, it's painful, but I was able to do it because I have standards and morals and and I say, I'm not going to root for or support a guy who does this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew Barry is not only had no problem with, with uh, waving that part of the whole transaction but then he, he couldn't even uh, give up a, an appropriate amount of value. But giving up all this guaranteed money, mm-hmm. all these picks, they don't have any ability to put a good team around him. He's not in a better situation yeah. than he ever was with the Texans. Mm-hmm.
2: He's not gonna have he's not gonna have a roster around him, and that's with coming off at very at the very least now one full season of not playing football and what could turn out to be an extended amount of time of not playing football. And then you got to come back and play with nobody mm-hmm. and probably just get destroyed in the backfield. Cause your offensive line is going to be terrible. Mm. Your defense probably isn't going to be that great anymore. So you got to score a lot of points and who are you going to be throwing to at that point? Has the league ever been able to turn over contracts
0: or, um, in this kind of situation of, uh- There's non-disclosures that were provided by Houston Texan employees to Deshaun after one woman accused him of, you know, trying to have sexual activity with him on the massage table. They were allowing him to be massaged on premise of the Houston Texans as well. It seems a little fishy to me. I mean, I understand why any kind of athlete would want to have a non-disclosure To start off with, from a you know, for imagine like if I was Chris Olave's massage therapist, right, Um, and then I gave him massage, and then I just went on Twitter and just was and went on the podcast and just was blasting his tiny calves. You know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) if he had NDA for me, I would never say say that, right? But the guy's got now. Now I'm picturing you giving Chris Olave a massage. (laughs) I'd be like, bro, you ever just step on some steps and just kind of raise. (laughs) For a while, like thirty minutes, <laughs> uh, but you know it's just fucking gross, is what it is. I after reading that article, I was I was officially he's the first player that I've been like we he we don't need him, and it's a shame because it's talent. But the 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 way that it was, time and time again, premeditated to cover up, and somebody else, a, a woman at another massage shop, literally assisting him with getting him, um, you know massage therapists new ones and kind of covering for them in these weird ways. I don't know, man. That kind of pathological th- shit just, you know, reminds me too much of the Darren Sharper games you're playing with women's and and especially as a, as a father to a girl. That shit it, just you got to do better. You know I mean? It's 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 something I'm fine with him not being around anymore.
2: And the organization <laughs> needs to do better too just cuz you you there's you can't tell me that the organization or people in the organization didn't know why they were providing NDAs mm-hmm. and s- hotel rooms for him to have 66 different massage therapists. No one wants six. Like, why do you think he wants 66 different massage therapists? You think you would find one that you like and stick with that one mm-hmm. if you're a professional athlete because of how important keeping your body healthy is. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like it's fishy from the start, but I don't see the NFL giving a crap about the Cleveland Browns getting out of this contract for the sole purpose no. that the Cleveland Browns got into that contract after knowing all of this information. So that's just eat- their fault. Eat that contract because you guys are idiots. Yeah.
1: The, the, the problem is that there's, there's such a um, uh, precedent. It's such a precedent already for the NFL to not ever do anything in these situations. Uh, Antonio Brown got off scot-free and played football and he was doing as bad of stuff as deshaun uh, the the nfl does not care they're gonna um give him a little slap on the wrist and he's gonna get out there and play that that that's he's the 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 worst thing that could happen to him is maybe uh at, at some point uh one of these uh you know cases does actually see some traction in the courts uh, that but that, that that's the only um thing that I see happening to I, I I'm yeah. I, I can't imagine if Sean is one percent concerned that uh Goodell or the league are going to um do anything to uh prevent him from playing.
2: Mm. But don't gamble ever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 as, as long as you don't uh bet fifteen hundred bucks on a game, uh then, then you're good. Do whatever you want and hurt whoever oh, you
2: want to.
0: Yeah. it's just ridiculous. Uh All right, let's get back to the Packers here. I'm done being frustrated with that. Let's let's get a little more frustrated though. Let's talk about David Bakhtiari real quick in the knee. Let's talk about ACLs in general real quick because you know we got two different timelines: one for Bakhtiari, and we got one for Elton Jenkins, and then we got one for wide receivers like Odell Beckham Jr. And we got this. When did we decide or that players can come? Professional athletes can now come back on the field nine months after an ACL injury and contribute to a, a professional football team at that speed?
1: So, you know, uh, Amy Bobades on Twitter, right? <laughs> oh, yes. We do, love Amy. Do we know? Everybody a- a- knows Amy. A- a- everybody knows Amy. She's the doc of the Acme Packers yeah. podcast, baby. So Sam Holman, the, the great Sam Holman mm-hmm. of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and the Packer Net <laughs> Podcast Network, the one and only, our boy. Shout out uh him. he He did a, an article, uh, what, yesterday, I think, uh, talking about – he was talking with Amy, who I did not realize – is a physical therapist and yeah. is experienced in this stuff. Shout out Amy. Yeah. Incredibly she, smart. Shout out. He was talking about how the other issue that Bakhtiare had is not just the ACL, but that he also tore what is medial meniscus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that and, and so the um the analogy she gave is that the meniscus is like the uh, what was it like the, the cushion, the padding mm-hmm. for the knee yep. and, and that, uh, you know, that maybe has a, a, you know, when you get the, those two things together and then and then possibly also the MCL unconfirmed, but possibly MCL tear as well, mm-hmm. uh, that, that can, um, increase the, uh, recovery time pretty drastically. So, uh, th- that article was over on uh, Wisconsin sports heroics do check it out. Uh, The Mm -hmm. title was something like, don't freak out about David Bakhtiari. Go read it. It's great. There's a lot of better information jam-packed in there. And I don't want to give away the whole thing Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, they deserve their clicks. So Mm -hmm. uh, do check that out. But yeah, the the idea that uh, he was going to come back and play uh, in the season last year certainly now seems misguided, Uh, Mm -hmm. but I don't take it as a great sign that he can't even practice right now. That to me, when right. we're 18 months out from his surgery, that's concerning to me. Uh, but I'm no expert, and yeah. people who are experts say uh don't worry about it yet. So
2: mm-hmm. it's hard uh, not to worry about
1: it. Hard not to worry about your
2: left tackle. <laughs> like I've read some stuff too, like I uh, like I follow Amy. I love reading Amy's takes on it because she is incredibly intelligent about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm still worried a little bit, a little yeah. bit, not as oh, yeah. worried. I'm less worried. Well,
1: one big problem is we don't have options.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. We got
1: Yash Nyman and Cole Van Lannon. Mm-hmm. Now we have Zach Tom. He, he played, uh, what, like 1700 snaps at left tackle his final year at wake forest and another 1200 at center uh, certainly, you know, in a pinch, you probably could make that happen, but mm-hmm. sure sounds like he's lower on the depth chart for now than Cole Van Lannon, mm-hmm. who was cut from the team last year, and uh Yasha Nyman. Yeah. And, you know, when when we're already, you know, our, our, our biggest concern is, well, we don't really have a right tackle right now, and we have a competition at right tackle, you know, then it's, if you don't have a left tackle, you can't feel the football team. That's the mm-hmm. problem for me. And, I'm not sure who you can go out and get. Yeah. And, you know, so at that point, what you're looking at is who out there has a second left tackle that we could trade for. If Elton and Bakhtiari are both uh, looking like they're not going to be available this season, you yeah. have to go find somebody. And, and and those are certainly rare. The Chiefs did it uh, a couple of years ago. Um, the I think the Ravens uh, picked up. Mm -hmm. Um, I might be getting my stories mixed up a little bit, but I I think the Ravens picked up a left tackle via trade, uh, two years ago, but it's, uh, it's, it's grim. And the, you know, the, you cannot have a football team without tackles. Mm -hmm. I, I I would rather be trying to make things work with, uh, let's say David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins out there and Jordan love under center for a few games Mm -hmm. than, Aaron Rodgers, and Cole Van Lantern. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just when when, when LaFleur talks
0: about, yeah, this is part of the plan and everything else. Well, the plan makes me think this plan had to be pretty deep because there's a lot more injuries in there. So shout out to Amy and uh, shout out to Sam. We'll go check out that article and uh, get a little more in-depth news on that one for sure. I just, I, the ACL is one of these things where, you know, when people talk about Elton Jenkins coming back and he'll be ready for the start of the season, I mean, this injury was back for him. Wasn't he a November injury? You know I mean? Oh, yeah. Is, I, I, I don't
1: see him being ready week one.
0: You know, he, he's certainly a pup candidate and, you know, hopefully uh, able to play. I just, everybody works better year two, it seems. You know, everybody that comes back with an ACL, yeah, you're on the field, but you're not yeah. where you were. It's always, yeah. you know, ACL's year two on there. And, and we just kind of put this pressure on like, Hey, we need them back here sooner and sooner. And I don't
1: know. It's a, it's a year to get back on the field. It's two years to get back to where you were.
2: Right. Yeah. Pre-injury. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And the Packers health staff training staff has always been notoriously safe with injuries. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not fully surprising that we got guys that are taking longer to get on the field than other people with similar injuries, because the Packers have always said, like, they've always been a play it safe. If we don't think he's a hundred percent, we're not going to risk re-injury.
1: I mean, they're, they're paying back to the RA, what, 22, 24, 27 million, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Big number, a lot of um, money. Closer to 30 than to 15, put it that way. <laughs> and, uh, they're, you know, they're paying them all this money. They cannot risk a career ending um, oh. screw up. And oh, by the way, so one of the more encouraging things uh, from the uh, from Sam's interview with Amy was uh, he asked her about the Lions game, you know, that, that he mm-hmm. played. And looked good when he was out there, right? That was encouraging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then his knee swells up with fluid. Uh, he had, had to be drained, what, like 22 times or something like that? Yeah. Um, not just because of that game, but just, you know, it, it, in general, had to be drained that many times. So the question was, you know, how, how big of a setback could that Lions game have been? And mm-hmm. it sounds like Amy's opinion is that the Lions game was not a setback but rather just an indication of where his knee was at. And so mm-hmm. that actually having him play that Lions game sounds like she doesn't think that that um, re-injured or, or aggravated or anything, but just that it was an indication that, no, his knee really is not good enough to be playing football. So mm-hmm. don't put him back out there after that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, encouraging.
0: we we had her on the show and I she, we, she had talked about you know once once you get that repaired, there's a lot of scar tissue and everything else inside that knee that needs to break up when you start flexing, getting that full range mobility back that causes some of that inflammation as well. So that, that all makes sense. I'm glad that I'm glad that nobody's uh, assuming the Detroit game was the reason we're having the
1: setback with Bakhtiari right now. It was good for me to hear because I was assuming that the Lions game had set him back. Mm -hmm. So it was was a relief to hear it wasn't. But going back to Elton, I I don't think that Elton should be a part of anybody's plans. It'd be nice to get him back at some point. Yeah. But you got to have a right tackle for this season, not named Elton Jenkins, because it's just too soon. You -hmm. you can't be counting on him.
2: Yeah, we've we've been shown that with David Bakhtiari. Yeah. Yeah. It's too soon to be like, well, when I out then it gets back, like, yeah, but we don't know when that is. Mm -hmm.
1: Tunyon maybe is a different story because, as we've seen, you know, wide receivers can come back from an ACL a lot quicker than a big man. Tunyon maybe is a candidate for, uh, you know, I'm not sure at what point he can start practicing again. He's not practicing right now, but um, maybe sooner rather than later, Mm -hmm. which I, I think would be a huge benefit because we don't really have tight ends. I think the tight end situation is currently uh, worse than wide receiver is. I uh, And I've seen numbers at ESPN uh, corroborates that. So to have him back would be great. I, I didn't think he was playing particularly well last year before the injury. Uh, he was, was not playing as well as he had in 2020, mm-hmm. but I would certainly take him over not having him we're we're at we're at a point where we're thin enough and and you're looking at uh your your big contributors being big dog and deguara and i like deguara but he's an h back he's not a he's not a true tight end we don't really have that receiving tight end and it's just interesting because we we talk so much about the impact that the running backs could make in the receiving game to kind of help out with this uh thin receiver core and you'd like to be able to have the tight ends in that conversation as well and you just can't mm-hmm. uh which, which is just interesting yeah
2: yeah i like taguara too but i just yeah i agree one more of an h back and two just more of a blocking tight end like it just he didn't he didn't show. And I mean, we didn't get to see much of him, obviously, but he didn't show anything leading up to the time he did get. And in the time that he did get to show that he would be a weapon in the passing game, more of a run blocker. Love having him there for that. But I agree. We need we need Tonya back bad
0: or let the Tyler Davis era begin. <clears throat>
2: Okay,
1: okay. Okay. Explain the Tyler Davis thing to me because I've there's a lot of people really hyping up Tyler Davis. And I know Rogers has said some stuff about him. Yeah. Uh and LaFleur have said stuff about him when they've been asked about him. Yeah. But to me, a lot of the time it feels like uh writers trying to create something there.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Last year when he played and we had, I, uh, I remember, I remember the catch. There was it, one catch. Yeah. And we I said, man, it. doesn't he look great? He looks like Tonya man, Eric and I back and forth talking about this. I mean, just Boomer and I fired up about him and you know what it is now? It's just confirmation bias. So when you anybody mentions his name,
1: I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. man, we've been watching for
0: forever." That's exactly what he's okay. going to be great. He's going to be All awesome. Right. That one catch. That's what I thought it was. That That's one what catch. what I thought it was. Really? Yeah. It was a just, just it, it, it was it, proof. It, it made us, uh, Yeah. That he he has got hundred percent catch so, percentage and uh, everything is good in his way. The science. So, so right, now is, <laughs>
1: right now is, right now is Tyler Davis a meme? Right now is that is that what's going on? Yes, yes, One hundred percent. Yes, yes yep. that's what right. it is. That's right. what it is. It's one of those like last. It's one of those
2: last ditch efforts to grasp at a semblance of a tight <laughs> yeah. end room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love to it. just convince ourselves that we are the best at every position in football.
0: Yes. Hey, uh, before we wrap it up here, Jay, Jay, I know I want, I want to be uh, conscious of your time here, but I do want to get. I'm so I'm over the moon, goddamn moon, about this defense. What is your feeling about this defense? Who are some of your surprise mm-hmm. players, or what is a what is a player you're most
1: uh, anxious to watch? Come this. So a lot of questions time. on one. I'm going to try and remember to hit all of them. So here's. We'll start with what what am I feeling about this defense on paper? This team has no excuse to be um, outside of the top five defenses in the league. And, and, uh, and I think being the best defense in the league is absolutely available for them. Um, I think that the defense was really overrated last year. Uh, I think they really had about eight games, maybe nine games that were really good. Um, including the playoff game a lot of the rest of the year they uh, you know to to start the year they struggled a little bit and I was zero percent concerned Um, but then Whitney Merciless got hurt and the pass rush although Rashawn and Preston were very very good they both turned in uh, top 10 uh, best Packers pass rushing seasons um, of the PFF era in terms of grades top 10 you got Rashawn Gary 2021 uh, Preston Smith 2021 are number like uh, four and seven or four and six, somewhere around there. Um, and they were very good, but there was nobody behind him once Whitney Merciless went down. And so, you got a lot, you know, a lot of time you can't have Rashawn and Preston both on the field at the same time because you got to rotate and you got Jonathan Garvin taking a significant number of snaps and Tipa as well is out there. And, um, I, I think one thing with this year. You know, there, there's just not the depth that you want to see. And I, I really like Kingsley and Nagbar. I want to see what he can do. He was somebody I was super high on pre-draft. I couldn't believe he fell all the way to the fifth round. Unbelievable. And then, you know, I, I mean, I and don't get me wrong. I was over the moon that we took Zach Tom because I loved Zach Tom. But when we took Zach Tom, I was like, well, there's no way that, um, that Kingsley falls Kingsley for our next pick. Up. Then we're on the clock. Hey, let's take Kingsley. And they trade out of that spot. They trade back like <laughs> eight picks. And I'm, I was just floored. I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, there's something wrong with Kingsley. Why is nobody taking him? And then we finally took him and I was just so happy. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure that the pick that we got for trading back with the Broncos uh, was the Tariq Carpenter pick. So, so mm-hmm. I had to see how he does, but that was exciting. Okay. Um, but I, I do have some concerns about depth at pass rusher Depth at safety. I think those two positions, you really can't withstand a loss at either one Mm -hmm. um, injury wise. And then even just from a rotational standpoint, look, you can have um, Adrian and Darnell out there for every single step of the game. You can do that. And they usually do pass rusher. You need to give these guys a breather. And who are you rotating out there? You don't have a lot of guys now. One thing that the that they can do defensively this year, they can generate pressure from other places. You you can use Kenny Clark as a little bit more of a true pass rusher because you got Jerron Reed and TJ Slayton and Devontae Wyatt. Yep. Uh, and and Dean Lowry is still there. Um and I, and I think they should hang on to him. I think the the interior of this defensive line is going to be a strength. And you're probably gonna see uh, you know, Dean Lowry and, and Kenny Clark playing some more defensive end snaps this year. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a thing, and I think that also you're going to get some some more pass rush from the inside backers, mm-hmm. helping out with the outside backers. And I would be really curious to see. And I'm not I'm not the first person who said this. Uh, I think the guy banging the drum for this the the hardest would be Pack Daddy, uh, but Shut his up. idea his idea is use Quay Walker like the Cowboys use Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. Use him as a pass rusher a lot of the time. I think that's something that could really work. Use him on all these blitzes. Get a lot of pressure from him. You know, that right there, that's that's how you win Defensive Rookie of the Year if you're Quay Walker. That that's yeah. a, That is a yep. viable thing, oh, I, and Pack guy has been bagging the drum for that hardcore.
0: Yeah, I think I just read that they had Rashawn lined up standing over the middle, and they had Quay Walker mm-hmm. at, uh, at end. I mean, those combinations, with that everybody knocking the Quay Walker pick having, a, having a, a, a finally two inside linebackers on the Green Bay Packers is exciting as hell, but that kid's got speed and the ability to rush and, boy, move all of our key pieces around.
2: Yeah, I mean, everyone it, everyone's, like, mad that we have a backup inside line. Not necessarily mad, but the people that hate that pick are like, you got Devondre Campbell. Why would you get Devondre Campbell part two? Um, and it's, I mean, I think it, it also could be, be part of that reason, like JJ said, move him to the end so that there's more depth at pass rush. And as long as Devondre Campbell is healthy, you can have him take the monster of the just inside linebacker uh, snaps. Mm-hmm. And now you have a guy that just adds more pass rush depth to an already pretty scary pass rush. Mm-hmm. And
1: and you, you can't have this conversation without talking about Joe Barry and the defense that he's trying to run because this is the Vic Fangio defense. Vic Fangio had the most success in using a ton of different alignments and coverages, uh you know, bringing in pressure from weird spots, uh, doing a lot of post snap motion. Uh you know, this this is uh, if you look back at the 2018 season, which was Fangio's best year with the Bears, and just the master class that he put on. And Joe Barry is a Vic Fangio disciple. This is the um, defense he's trying to run. And you, and you need those linebackers in order to make this work. And in, in that 2018 season, if you remember, the, the two powerhouse offenses that year, although neither one won the Super Bowl, was the Chiefs and the Rams. And the Rams were mm-hmm. unstoppable. Sean McVay's outside zone running scheme, sounds familiar, mm-hmm. with uh, Todd Gurley was unstoppable until he encountered... Vic Fangio, Mm -hmm. Vic Fangio puts out what was like a seven man um, front up there and just completely shuts down Todd Gurley. And then, uh, you know, the the Rams try to uh, counter and adjust to that. And so Fangio adjusts and and he had the personnel everywhere he needed to put any package on the field Mm. to shut down whatever the Rams were trying to do. Yeah. Fast forward to this year. Joe Barry, you know, or I should say fast forward last year, Joe Barry needed another linebacker. And you look at that. They brought in Jalen Smith on October 4th. I remember because it's my wife's (laughs) birthday and I interrupted uh, her, her birthday dinner to say, Hey guys. And I realized none of them were football fans. Um, They brought in Jalen Smith, hoping that he could be that guy. He couldn't, he's, he's a bust. Um, And, and, and love Chris Barnes, but he just, he just wasn't the guy. Mm -hmm. And now you know, the fact that Joe Barry got Brian Gudikins of all people, who has never valued linebackers, to take an inside linebacker with his first pick, 22 <laughs> pick, which he got from the Devontae Adams trade on Quay Walker shows you just how badly he needed Quay Walker, mm-hmm. that he went to Brian Gudikins and said, this is what I need in order to make my defense run. So I, I think this is going to be huge. And, and, you know, are they going to put, Way on the edge, lining up outside, I think occasionally, but I'm also really, really interested to see him getting brought on blitzes. And I think when he got, if, if you make a comparison with the safeties, you think of Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, or back up a little bit further, Morgan Burnett and Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yeah. With both of those sets of safeties, you got the, the old wise guy or wise man, you know, who, who hangs back and He's playing, you know, uh, real gap sound and and playing a lot of cleanup and stuff. And you got the young playmaker who can just rush around and blow things up. Would not be surprising in the tiniest to see Devondre and uh, Quay doing a similar thing. You know, maybe you're going to look at the end of the year and you're going to say, man, Quay is so good because look at, you know, his numbers are so much better than Devondre's. But it's all about how they're being used. And, you know, if Devondre is hanging back and holding things down Mm -hmm. and Quay can just see ball get ball his numbers could look really good and that's going to have people over the moon about him and and you got to keep it in the back of your head if that happens it's all scheme this is just planned from the beginning and and you know he had the athleticism to take advantage of it but just maybe see that coming if it happens
2: Mm -hmm. god i love it so much i just i just keep going back to it we've we're building a team that doesn't need a Devonte Adams to win football games. We just need to get down the field in an incredibly slow manner and keep our defense <laughs> nice and rested so that they can go out and eat when they need to eat. Yeah. We'll see the, the, the offense has been really lethal
1: when Devonte has missed time, uh, when, yeah. when we're just leaning on, um, Matt LaFleur's true, uh, offensive scheme. And, and following the, the, the book and, and just scheming guys open, it's been pretty lethal. It's worked really well. And I'm, I'm excited to see how that works this year. Uh, I, I like when Aaron Rodgers is forced to just play within the confines of what Matt LaFleur called and throw to the open guy. And, and I think back, you know, my, my favorite performance out of all of them, although there are a bunch of good ones, I think was the Dallas Cowboys game in 2019. I think that was like week five. And Aaron Jones just absolutely humiliated the uh the, the Cowboys defense. Uh had like four touchdowns on the day. Yeah. Was that the wave game? Yeah. That was the wave game. Yeah. yeah. It was still one of the so most fun, fun to games. watch. Mm. So much fun. Yeah. And, and and we didn't have Devontae in that game. I think oh. I think this could be this has the potential, I think, to be a much better offense this year than it was last year. I didn't mm. think the offense was that good last year. Finally, somebody agrees with the uh, stuff we've been talking
0: about right now. Everybody thinks it's nothing's going to work out here. No MVP for Aaron Rodgers. This huge step back with no number one receiver. This guy throwing the ball, the outs to Aaron Jones alone, like you mentioned earlier, JJ huge man, he's going to have huge yards, but the involvement all the way, every, you know, five yards up the field, 10 yards, the deep ball opportunities that you're going to have. It's just going to be, aaron Rodgers at his best using his brain the best that he has not trying to you know 15 targets on one receiver you know game and people didn't
2: love not seeing a lot of aaron jones last year they might get their wish and Mm -hmm. see a lot of aaron jones this year just a little bit differently where like jj said he's not going to be the the guy that's getting all the touches from the backfield he's going to be getting more passes and then you got 18 wheeler coming on through never never learned what falling back means. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, isn't that the design you would rather have
2: never been tackled backwards in his entire life. I know. Right. I
0: know. I know it. Well, Hey, uh, that's a great way to wrap it up there. I appreciate everybody out there listening to us and uh, joining us for the last show. when We had Wendell Ferreira on, that was a great salary cap talk. So appreciate everybody out there listening to that episode and this episode Gosh, it's just fire every time J.J. Leahy joins the show. J.J., let everybody know where they can find you. Plug anything you want to plug. Appreciate your time, buddy.
1: I, I would like to plug the Chicago Bears. need to do everything <laughs> they can to not get the number one overall pick this year because that is... is is. Uh, I think at this point, it's starting to look etched in stone. I'm not sure anybody else can compete with how bad they're going to be. Um, But, you know, what? if you want to talk to me, uh, you're going to find me on Twitter at JJLAHEY. That's JJ Leahy. Catch my two podcasts. is Cheese and Packers on the PackerNet Podcast Network. That drops every Wednesday and then every Friday. Yeah, you get one. uh, We're recording this Thursday, so you're probably going to hear this, what, Friday, Saturday, something like that. But every Friday, I drop No Huddle Radio on PackersTalk.com with the one and only infamous Gil Martin.
0: (laughs) That show is great. You know, I love how you and Gil talk about these. (laughs) I I didn't know, number one, Gil is, he's a a hockey guy,
1: right? He is, and he's very old. (laughs) (laughs) He's not that wise. Easy. Very wise.
0: I I, I know it. I know. I know the
1: He's, dynamics, he's yeah. probably just in his fifties, <laughs> but you know when he when he was born, they didn't have color TV and all that, and he, <laughs> uh, he, he remembers the founding of the of the uh, Green Bay Packers, that the <laughs> Indian River Packers, uh, way back in the day. So, uh, I gotta sure give him go credit for that. But yeah, smart guy. Uh, super fun to talk to. Yeah, a
0: lot of fun to listen to. Uh, that's that's great. To start following JJ now, make sure you're following our boy Sean here at AR Doppelganger. And man, Acme Army has just uh, had a lot of fun the last couple of weeks. Everybody, thank you for joining us at Acme underscore Army. And with that,
2: buddy, take us out, co-host. A lot has been happening. He's right. Like now you guys are stuck with having to deal with me taking us out on Fridays and I am not sorry. I'd like to start by thanking JJ Leahy for coming on and finally getting to chat with him. Thank you. Loved having him. He's an incredibly intelligent human being with sometimes incredibly controversial tweets and just takes controversial takes and we love them. And he does it so just beautifully (laughs) beautifully. so that to engage in wonderful conversations so go follow him so you can see some of that and i've never uh, been controversial in my life (laughs) yeah never never i'm sorry that was i must be thinking of someone else silly me That's my idiotic twin (laughs) and uh, acme soldiers you can catch me every friday with eric here it's unfortunate we can't have boomer on with us and i miss him and i'll have to sneak on to one of his episodes so we can chat some more <laughs> but i cannot wait for you guys to find out who we are talking to next week it's oh. going to be just as fire as this one was man, just, okay, you're finally going to get a good
1: guest for once not
0: at all man <laughs> just you know, we did uh, we did uh, miss out on uh, on Chris Lemps and want to give a shout out to him because man, yeah, this guy is out. literally. I, I don't know if I put it on the show earlier, but we just it's the one of the funniest tweets out there, and it only has you know it's just gotten no attention uh, that it deserves. But here's just a little taste of Chris Lemps. Uh, Christian Watson is going to absolutely dust some goofy future Home Depot employee in one of the preseason games, and everybody is going to get pregnant at the same time.
2: <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> That's a wonderful tweet. Well, I wish we could have had Chris on today, and we're going to have Chris on in the future. We're going to have JJ back in the future, mm-hmm. and we're just going to continue it. to have incredible guests and have incredible times, and you guys get to just sit in your cars or your offices or your living rooms and listen to it. And we appreciate <laughs> you for it. With that, go pack go.
1: Go pack go. Pat, go.